I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview coming to you live on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley is number one, Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nath? Not bad, mate. You? Yeah, good. Do you live in the dream? Yet? I am living the dream, yeah. yeah. Someone noticed that you've stopped saying that recently. It was Garmy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah and, but you, you still are living the dream. But he's still got the orders in at the moment at work. But yeah, apart from that, it's all good. Excellent stuff. And also joining us, but he's asked to very briefly leave the studio uh, to lock up Valley Central, is Tom Wallin. Uh, so he'll be here in a second. He's just letting someone from the, from the community trust out. Uh, obviously, just locking up after a hard day's work here at Valley Central. Helping the local community. Right, anyway, but on tonight's show, uh, in, in, as well as hearing from Tom, which we're all excited to do, we're going to hear from Charlton boss Lee Bowyer. Uh, he's going to address the uh, rumours linking Carlin Grant to uh, Rangers. We're also going to hear from him on the potential incomings as well. Hi, Tom. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everyone. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, good. All locked yeah. up. Or, uh, are we all secure? I'm not locked up, <laughs> but, yeah. as far as I'm aware. Yeah. But yeah, good to, all good. Good to have you in the studio. So after we hear from Bowyer, uh, we're going to hear from Darren Prattley after his wonder strike uh, at Shrewsbury Town. Last week, we're also going to reflect on Tuesday evening's uh, Kent Senior Cup defeat to National League side Bromley. We're going to hear from the under-23s manager, Jason Yule. Uh, then as we gear up for Saturday, it is Street Violence Ruins Lives Day here at the Valley on Saturday. So we're going to hear from Paul Robinson from the Community Trust to tell us all about the excellent work that the Trust do within the local community uh, on that subject. And then, of course, we are looking ahead to Saturday's home game with Accrington Stanley. Dan Jewell from BBC Radio Lanx is here. Uh, is, is going to tell us all about Aki and then of course Lee Bay is going to provide us with the injury updates which is actually some quite good news for a change which is uh, something to look forward to now first of all though um, you would have noticed if, you, if you've been paying attention that Carlin Grant our in-form striker has been linked with a potential move away to uh, Scottish Minnows Glasgow Rangers now um, Lee Bayer of course had his press there today and he addressed those rumours for us saying that he hasn't yet had a bid for his in-form striker uh, no, we're just aware of of their interest, um, which is a compliment to to the football club and and, and to Carlin. Just shows that we're doing well, and, and unfortunately, when you're doing well as a side, they're doing well as individuals, and and clubs are going to be looking to to, to take our players and. Big club like Rangers is is obviously a compliment to us, um, but we're negotiating contract with Carlin. We're trying to get him to stay. Um, we'll have to see where that goes, but um, as far as we're concerned, he's our player. So, are you? I know it's difficult. Are you reasonably confident that you can keep him? It's a it's a difficult situation because you, if a club like Rangers are interested in him, while we're trying to negotiate, it can turn his head. It can turn any player's head. That's not just Carl, and that's anybody. Um, but obviously, we we keep pushing and, and and trying to come to an agreement, and and then if the lad wants to sign, then then he'll sign. Interesting stuff there from Lee Bowyer. So, Carlin linked with this move to Scotland doesn't necessarily have to happen in January because um, Scotland are officially a foreign side because they they because uh, uh, Rangers obviously don't play in England. Um, he could sign some sort of pre-contract agreement now within the last uh, few months of his contract. That's what he can do. That's what Rangers will probably push for, I imagine. Hopefully they won't try and grab him in January at the very least. I mean, obviously they would then have to pay a fee for them. And if he can get go to, for free later on, you, you, you'd think they'd probably wait. Um, but I mean, especially as we are trying to get him tied down to a new contract after the season he's had, Tom... 
I mean, that that does certainly throw a spanner in the works and probably, I mean, it, he's got a decision to make there, hasn't he? Yeah, I hadn't really <clears throat> read anything into it when the rumour first broke. It's only since Carl's made, uh, sorry, Lee's made those comments that um, I've started to think maybe there's some truth in it. But like I said to, to your fair, I don't, I don't really see that Rangers is that much of a step up from from the championship if we were to get there. I think it probably is better than League One, if we're being honest. But and I understand there's the chance of European football, but I just I just don't really get why he would go there. Um, I also, again, said just before we come on that I don't know, he hasn't proven himself at championship level yet. So yes, he had a good end to last season. Yes, he's started this season very well. I don't think he's the complete player yet. And maybe Gerard is looking at him as a prospect and someone who he can work with and develop more. And if so, then then fair play to him. Um, and you're right, he does have a decision to make. I just don't know, maybe it's me just talking as a Charlton fan. I just see him here with the partnership he's got and the fact he's grown up around here and he's he's a London boy. It just it seems like a strange move to me. But um, I don't know, you look at it the other side, Rangers, you could say historically massive club, one of the best two, three clubs in that whole country the chance to play European football when you look at it like that maybe it is an attractive prospect for him and with his contract coming to an end like you say it's it's a big decision for him to make especially with I mean he still lives within a stone's throw of the valley actually he's a, he's a really local boy and obviously he's had his time away at Crawley which is hardly the other end of the world it's, it's, it's barely outside London so it's an interesting one I mean when it comes, I mean, there's no need for Carlin to make the decision now, you think. If you can just hold on, perhaps, see where we are at the end of the season, then the offer will probably still be on the table from Rangers. Even if we get promoted, he might not necessarily think that he's going to uh, want to stay here. So uh, you'd hope there's no rush for this decision to be made? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think he said, uh, Gerard come out and said he's more sort of like a Morellis sort of... Uh, future sort of player so I don't know if he's going to be going straight into the lineup for Rangers um, only he'll know that uh, but yeah I think you know if I was Carlin he's playing regularly and um, we've said it before like Joe playing regularly he's learning he's only had a season and well less than one full season really mm. if you include Crawley um, but it's just frustrating because I don't think this is going to be the first um, I think this is going to be a first of many that's what I was about to say I mean this sort of highlights the issue that we now have with the players that are going to be coming out of contract at the end of the season there's a list as, as long as your arm I mean you, you try and work out why you know there's a few of them who are youngsters who've had contracts offered now you're thinking well maybe they're thinking if if they hold on and there is a takeover at some point which people are hoping for although there's clearly no creditable time frame on that and maybe a new owner would come in and offer a better contract. That might be why they're waiting on, because we all know the messing around that happened with the Joe Rebo contract situation. But there mm. are a lot of players out of contract at the end of this season, Carlin obviously being the main one at the moment, but that will be a problem that's only just around the corner. Yeah, and from our perspective, we see them as, as footballers who have like a, a glamorous life or a life that we might might want um, and obviously they are well paid for what they do but they're not earning 40 or 50 thousand pounds a week at this level and so they need to think about their careers first and foremost and a lot a lot of them will have families and stuff and it's not a career that you know if they are out of contract to the end look, I'm not suggesting Carlin would have any difficulty finding a club if he was out of contract in the summer you're sure someone would take him but if there's an offer there of, a, of an increased wage then at this level, you kind of understand why they might be thinking about that, particularly at his age, because he's got potentially a very bright future ahead of him. That um, I think if he was here, he'd get offered a contract that would suit him fine. I'm sure he'd do very well. But as you say, it's it's very dependent on what happens with the takeover. And then on the other hand, I think it's what happens with us as well. Mm. I don't know if he strikes me as quite a, a determined and ambitious person. So if we were to to still be in League One next year, would he want to stay with us? I don't think so. And and he can't really know that until the end of the season when his contract's up. So we're in a bit of a limbo situation with that, which is frustrating. Obviously, we have lost a striker this week in uh, Nicky Jose has gone to spend the, the rest of the campaign on loan at League Two Mansfield now. Um, I mean, that'll be the last we see of him. His Charlton contract is up at the end of the season. I'll be shocked if we offer him a new one. Um, the only thing I was surprised about is the fact that we've let him go without yet having a replacement lined up. Now, I know we're going to hear from Lee Bowyer in a minute about how he's going to try and, and get another striker through the door. Um, but I was ever so slightly surprised that we'd let him go, like I say, without someone ready to come in. Because if, if Carlin or, or Taylor get injured tomorrow, we've only got Rico Hackett-Fairchild now as a backup with Igor still out injured as well. Yeah, and and that's the thing. If if one of them does get injured, you, do, you then look at uh, 
those options you could maybe could you play Fosu in a in a more advanced position on the on the shoulder or will Billy Clark ever get fit and play in the hole? I mean he's got options, but yeah, I don't think those two are those two are in decent form. It's what he he does he does mention it is is who would you get in who is happy to just sit mm. there playing second fiddle basically, and that's yeah. the because otherwise you're going to have to pay big money, and even if you do get a loan in, you're going to say to him, well, let's be honest here, you know you've got Taylor and Grant there. So you'll have to work you know, your socks off to get in, but you're not guaranteed games. And that's what the difficulty of trying to pull someone in to do that. Well, let's hear what Lee Bayer had to say about players potentially coming into the side. Uh, he is hoping that his January transfer business is not complete just yet. Um, yeah, I think we'll probably bring in one more. Um, but we've, we've only got one loan space um, available now so we have to be careful we have to be careful who we pick and, and see where we are coming towards the end of the window and, and if there's anywhere that, that we need to strengthen so uh, but at the moment we're in no rush I'm, I'm happy with with the squad I have available um, so yeah it's starting to get the odd player back here and there so uh, it's um I'm, I'm happy at the moment so there's, there's no rush Is there one position you'd like to strengthen? Um, probably striker obviously losing Nicky I'd like to bring in a striker but it's difficult we've got two good strikers that are, that are playing well together and formed a good partnership so then to, to bring somebody in to basically be third choice or fourth choice it's difficult you know um, so uh, yeah that is a, a position I'd like to strike strengthen but like I said see who's available come come towards the end of the window and, and, and we'll weigh up our options then so Lee Bowyer there saying that you know I mean with the amount of loans that Charlton already have within the squad you have to be careful you can only have five in the match day squad you have as many as you want floating around the place but you can only put five into a match day squad so they that is probably the reason he's not going to rush into anything. Um, and, and he highlights the issues, Nath, that you were talking about, whereby, you know, whoever comes here surely won't be expecting to all of a sudden get the starting berth up top because we've got two strikers who are playing really well. So that probably does sort of limit your options as to who's going to be available. Yeah, of course it does. I think if you're a if you're a Premier League side or to an extent a championship side and you've got, say, a, a young striker you want to get games to and you're going to have a choice between, say us and another League One team but he's going to be playing week in week out you're more than likely going to be sending him to the games to the team that will play week in week out for his development so it is, it is going to be difficult uh, to try as a, to try and pull someone in but I don't know I mean it may be with the whole Carlin thing if he does go then uh, obviously they're going to have to think about that as well maybe that be might be his thinking as well to right. wait until the end of the you, you assume I mean, my assumption is he's not going to go to this window and I'm hoping. Some, you'd be I'd be surprised if someone comes in and offers us a load of money yeah. for someone that they could tap up quite easily and have in in, in the summer for free mm. um, I mean obviously uh, we haven't even mentioned actually you mentioned Billy Clark earlier Nath. Um, I mean Richard Corley was reporting that Billy Clark could go out mm. um, uh, f uh, even permanently perhaps this window because he's not playing and Bowie doesn't sound like he's really going to play him too much that's what it sounds like yeah I'm, I'd be gutted if that's the case because I think we, we saw him at his best in the early part of last season up until that injury up at Blackburn and he just did what, what no other player we had at that stage certainly could do in terms of sort of snuffing out the opposition and then breaking forwards and playing the ball forward as well. He had a bit of everything in that middle and, and a bit of grit and um, I don't know, maybe Johnny Williams can become that person but he's a bit injury prone. I think Ben Reeves is a little light in terms of what he can do so I don't I still don't really know if we have someone like Clark in this side, but I know that injury has been a problem for him. We obviously haven't seen how he's been coming back because he hasn't really had a chance to play yet, but maybe Bowie has not been impressed by what he's seen in training. Maybe the injuries affected him like we've seen in the past with people like Igor um, and maybe even Tariq, you could argue, this season. So obviously a lot of the decisions Bowie has made since he's come in in okay, a relatively short term seem to have been the right ones and I, I trust him with, with those. Um but it would be a real shame because I think he's someone who won over a lot of fans last season and, and deserves really to, 
to be here for a little bit longer. Adam Ferris emailed in. Hi, guys. Great podcast as always. Cheers, Adam. I think we have a brilliant squad of players now and the type of squad that can push for automatic promotion places. The only concern I have is that should Taylor or Grant get seriously injured or one of them has a really bad spell of form, we could struggle as there are not many options with Rico not quite ready and Igor injured most of the time. Is there any players we think that would add to our squad and be happy just to be a backup to GNT? Says up the Addicts 4 0. Uh, on Saturday, I mean that we, we talk about whether anyone would come in as a backup. I'm, I'm struggling to think of this type of player that would be happy to do that. Now, if you think of uh, a Michael Zyro who'd had a big injury and needed to get back to playing, I mean that wouldn't be ideal if he's just sat on the bench anyway. Um, I mean, uh, there's a striker who's perhaps is doing well at a club lower down in the league and would be just happy just to come to a higher club but there's no way mm. such a such a team would loan a player out to us and obviously we're not we're not buying anyone at the moment unfortunately so I just can't think of any striker that would fit that bill now he mentions Rico there I mean we actually saw him play at the Kent Senior Cup which we'll talk about later on but Rico clearly doesn't quite look like he's ready yet no he doesn't um no that's nothing against Rico he reminds me a lot of what Carlin was like when we played him in the championship when he was up front on his own he looked a bit he technically is good, he's quick, he can hold the ball up, but I think his game intelligence isn't there yet um, for me. Um, and, you know, if, you know, I'm sure he is a good player, And but if he has to come in, because, I mean, I think, what, Taylor's, what, one or two bookings away from a two-game ban? Mm. So if we miss him for two games, you know, and Rico comes in, you know, if it does happen, let's hope he gets that trick. Of course I do, but I can't see it happening. I think Rico needs game, game time, but we can't afford to do it at the moment because that means we'll just have... Lyle and uh, and Grant, or maybe put Nabs up there, but we've got Piercy. Um, so yeah, it's 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 going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens because yeah, no lower league team are going to loan us their best player. Mm. It's it's impossible. For me, yeah. well, it's not impossible, but it's very unlikely. So make it a very interesting uh, January. It's another one of these things where. You know, we're, do, we're actually doing quite well on, on the field of play, but we just have these little things that just just tie one's one hand behind your back, really, and can just um, uh, make you struggle. But anyway, that was Carlin Grant linked with a move to Glasgow Rangers, uh, potentially in the summer, unlikely now, you'd hope, but who knows uh, which way that will go. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. When we come back, we are going to hear from goal machine Darren Prattley. As we know, the Addicts ran out comfortable three nil winners over Shrewsbury Town on Saturday. Darren Prattley uh, got his second goal uh, since uh, since Christmas. His second goal for the club. It was an absolute weldie that the midfielder grabbed, and he was really pleased with the performance of his side in the second half at the new medal on Saturday. 
Yeah, it's a tough place to come. Uh, over the years, uh, when I played here, uh, it's hard. Uh, we've had some tough games. We knew it would be, uh, especially in the last time the team came here, we got beat in the playoffs, so uh, we wanted to put that right. Um, we wasn't too happy, to be fair, going in at half-time. The manager uh, got onto us, had a go at us. And I think second half we come out and uh, played a bit better and, and got the goals. Was it uh, down at the conditions, probably pitch, blustery conditions, it difficult to, to get the ball down and play? Yeah, it, well, it looks it don't look too bad for me, but when you're on it, it's quite bobbly, uh, so it's quite hard to play. But uh, it's the same for both teams. They're, they go quite direct, to be fair. So um, they, in the first half, I think they drew us into a little bit of a battle. Um, the second half, we, we got it a little bit... Uh, Got it wide and got it up to Lyle and Carlin a bit quicker and uh, managed to get the goals. It was a battle in that first half. That first goal was crucial when it came. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, crucial. Um, especially in a game like that when it's tight and it's a battle. Um, if either team scores, and it, it pans out different. So we were lucky, lucky enough to get that goal and, uh, like I said, go on and get the win. Some would say the second goal is probably even more crucial and, uh, <laughs> and it came by way of... Uh, um, not a bad strike, yeah. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, the lads were standing there, it was a good clearance uh, from me, <laughs> so uh, I'll take that for a clearance. But uh, no, it was a good goal. Um, I think we needed the, uh, the third goal, to be honest. Um, to think, if he gets a 2 1, uh, then they get their towels up. So the third goal was crucial. And I thought it was a brave, uh, good character of Carlin to take the penalty. He missed a few chances um, before that, and uh, it just shows the character what, what he is uh, to step up because. Um, a lot of uh, players would have passed it on, or Lyle's normally our penalty taker, and it was nice of Lyle to give it to him as well. So it was a character in the squad uh, that uh, wasn't just uh, Khan's uh, courage to come up and mm. take the penalty, but everybody's reaction to him scoring. Uh, everybody was up there yeah. giving him man hugs, and uh, it shows it together. Yeah, well, we've got good uh, team spirit since I've been here. Um, we've got loads of players well, players out injured, um, players uh, that not travelled with us today, and players on the bench, so we've got a good squad here. Um, every single one of them can play in the first team, and it wouldn't make us any weaker I don't think so uh, we've got a good squad um, obviously it's hard balancing it trying to keep everyone happy but uh, we're all together and hopefully pushing in, well, pushing in the right direction and get what we, we set out to do I can't let that strike of yours go completely <laughs> yeah. uh, so we're back on it and uh, as soon as you hit that you knew it was in yeah to be fair Lyle said he was going to turn and swivel um, but I shouted at him leave it and he left it for me and, and I hit it in it uh, yeah hit it quite well when I knew it went in so uh, obviously uh, happy um, well, like I said I think we needed the third goal to uh, to uh, cement again. Number of goals in your career, any much uh, better than that one? Uh, yeah, well, I got one from the halfway line, so that was a better clearance. <laughs> <laughs> that was a better clearance, so uh, yeah, uh, yeah, more goals in there. New players coming in. Uh, yeah. Perrington uh, just spoke to Ben on the left side, mm. also alongside you, Johnny Williams, yeah. uh, new partnership, and that's it with Joe Wells, especially in the second half. Yeah, well, Johnny Williams is a, a good player. I've played against him a lot through my career. Uh, um, a bit surprised he come down to League One to be honest, uh, out of his age uh, and the quality he's got. But um, I think this is a perfect club for him and a great manager for him as well. They'll let him go out. He lets all the young players go out and express themselves. And the way we play is perfect for him. So um, it'll he, he, be a brilliant signing. Um, and Ben, I thought Ben done well as well. Uh, he's a good player. Um, and now we've got two good left backs in Lewis Page, who, who's uh, not far from coming back, and Ben. So. Um, We've got, we've got covering all the positions. Everybody talks about momentum for another victory towards we've seen other results go our way, really. Mm. So, does that give uh, the players in there even more belief? That uh, I'm assuming they have it anyway. Yeah. More belief that uh, we can go on and uh, and do something special? Yeah, well, well still was it 18, 17 games or something to go. Still a long way to go. Um, but it's nice. I don't think many uh, many times when we've won, the other teams have uh, lost or dropped points or not. So um, it's nice that they have, but um, we have to carry that on. We've got a tough game against... Uh, Stanley on, on uh, Saturday at the, at the uh, Valley. Um, I thought we was lucky to hang on at their place, to be honest, so uh, we have to uh, um, try and uh, put that right and uh, that would be a tough game for us. Darren Proudly there looking back at Shrewsbury and, of course, ahead to Saturday's game uh, with Accrington Stanley. Uh, we still haven't gotten over that goal yet, really, that Pratt has scored. It was an absolute, absolute worldy Tom, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good finish. And um, I be honest, I didn't expect him to do it. Didn't think he could do it. Um, Proved you wrong, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. And uh, credit to him, to be fair, because he came in for a lot of stick, including myself, um, for a couple of the performances a bit earlier on. And um, I've been a bit critical of Boya to keep playing him, particularly when other midfielders have been getting back fit. But last couple of games, actually, he's, he's performed well. And obviously the goal was was excellent. Um I don't know what the rest of his performance was like. I wasn't there at the weekend, but he's you know, he's done himself justice and, and showed why he's back in the side. And again I go back to 
to Bowie's team selections. You know, he does he doesn't get a lot wrong. Um, so even when perhaps some of us fans don't necessarily want a player in or would rather he do something else, chances are he he's done it and it's going to work. And and it just showed that on Saturday. Excellent stuff. Right, we had a couple of tweets in from overseas listeners uh, during the week. So Daniel Trafin, keep up the good work with the podcast. Cheers, Dan. Uh, very informative and keeps me updated in Australia. Takeover torture continues, but Lee Bayer is doing a magnificent job with the squad and the togetherness. And then David Brooker says, Ditto, I listen all the time from Sydney. I just cannot uh, see too many people really looking to invest the money to clear Roland until we're in the championship. Well, let's hope that isn't the case, but... Uh, well, who knows? Who knows, Nathan? Who knows what's going on uh, with the takeover? Now, on Tuesday evening, uh, myself and you, Nathan, we uh, I took a stroll down, or literally stroll down to Bromley. I'm on I'm on this calorie counting thing at the moment, where the more you walk, the more calories you're allowed to eat, because supposedly you burn them off. So I walked to Bromley so I could have burger and chips. So <laughs> that's why I'm looking so thin. Um, <laughs> but we went down to the Kent Senior Cup game in the, uh, I mean, arguably two of the biggest heavyweights in English football, Charlton and Bromley, facing each other. Bromley... Um, actually put out quite a strong side. Charlton, of course, play their development squad. Um, the Addicts 1-0 up just after the break through Brendan Sarp on Wiradu, but um, a seven or well, six or seven-minute hat-trick from JJ Hooper uh, won it in the end for Bromley. Uh, the first one came from a, a bit of a hash clearance from Maynard Brewer uh, in the goal. Then he gave away a penalty a couple of minutes later, and then uh, the hat-trick came just a minute or so later uh, after that. Now, Nathan... Um, it's a bit of a difficult one because we've seen Charlton win that competition a couple of times over the years so you expect to see them go quite far but they've I, I think they would have been disappointed with the way they sort of collapsed in that in that seven minutes bow in that second half yeah I think so with uh, first half I think Charlton were by far the better team they were moving the ball quickly they were um, getting in behind Bromley um, and then yeah I think I think the second half uh, Bromley made it a lot more physical which I don't think we managed to sort of deal with and yeah I think that experience I mean that six minute spell is if when you concede you should really try and concentrate and start again but we just seem to yeah like you say capitulate and um, but yeah you probably did have a strong squad out but yeah I think Jason probably would be disappointed uh, the way it did pan out I don't know I haven't heard his interview yet but um, but yeah there were signs there were there were good signs there was some good I think Brendan looked really good in the first half Brendan well, I can't say his last name so up on Wiradu I'm just go. guessing though to be fair but um, yeah it, the development squad obviously not having a good a season this year as we used to uh, you know, we used to then get into the, the the development league two final and whatnot, which we've seen a few times over the last few years, as well as the Kent Senior Cup getting quite far in that. Um, obviously, it doesn't help that half of them play for the first team now as well, so they're, they're probably missing a lot of players. Um, but it's it's a bit of a possibly um, a, a harsh lesson to learn the way when when you play a men's a men's football team. A lot of them have played in the Milton Keynes League Cup game earlier on and got beat quite roundly. You know, checker trade in the end, we got knocked out, but some of them probably had some good memories from that as well. Um, but it, it's a harsh lesson to learn that, you know, if you're going to make the step up from 23s to men's football, you, I mean, you need to be on your game at all times. You need to have your concentration. And, uh, you know, I think we'll hear from you all in a sec, but clearly you felt at times that that wasn't happening on, on Tuesday evening. No, it wasn't. I, th- I think we looked, um, I thought we looked quite toothless uh, at times up front. Um, I could see why we struggled to sing, uh, score goals. Um, we got you know, down the sides and but we didn't for me didn't create enough uh like too many clear cut chances. But yeah, yeah, like you say is exactly right. The step up between under twenty threes and men football is chalk and cheese. Mm. Um and you know, it's it's been forced upon them to be a little you know, like Rico been forced a bit more to be on the bench around the match day squad. But um that's why I think loans are good. But also the the under twenty three leagues aren't the best for people to develop for me anyway. Mm. In a way, that is why the checker trade would be a good thing mm. if we were allowed to play our twenty threes <laughs> in it, because uh, you know the, at least uh, more of them because they'd come up against uh, more more senior players. But obviously, there there is a rule about the certain amount of uh, first team players that you need to play. Right, obviously after the game, uh, I caught up with Jason Yule was, as, as I was walking home again to burn off my colours. I was thinking, oh, so like Jason Yule is one of my all time Premier League heroes. You forget, you get so used to seeing him around the the development squad, you forget mm. how much of a legend he was. But he's uh, yeah, he's been he's been the uh, the under twenty threes manager for a while now and he of course was disappointed uh, by the way that his side surrendered their lead against the National League opposition Good first half patches in the second half and then gave them three sloppy goals and that's the game over so disappointed 
definitely because sort of mentioned to them before the game about the history we've had in it in the last sort of six years since we started it at this level and we were sort of due sort of guaranteed or due to get further in the competition because we always we always want to do that. So we always want to be in something and to go and to win it. And they're just overall disappointed with the way we ended up finishing the game, not only the result but just the way that we the performance sort of made us go to the defeat, which is more disappointing from it. Could be a harsh lesson how you, you can't be quite comfortable with any mistake or get punished at this level. And yeah, exactly. And that's what I said to him at half time. I said in terms of what Bromley offered us in the first half was literally either going to be from a set piece, uh, from a ball over the top, or from something from what we give to them. So I said even with the performance that we've had, we haven't been clinical enough, dominate possession, but ultimately we've come in at nil-nil and keeper still hasn't had to save to make. So I said, we're going to have to go and do that again and more. And then you find that when we, once you scored so early in the game, you still thought there was still loads of the game left. And as you said, just disappointed in terms of the way we conceded the goals. I guess it is a mental thing, do you think, perhaps conceding three goals in such a short space of time, something they'll have to learn from? Oh, definitely. But it's, it's not as if it's the first time. I mean, this is something which has been a problem with us this season, which we keep telling them about. And it's in terms of who actually takes it on board and who's actually learning from it. And when, you mentioned, when I mentioned it at half-time in terms of what we need to do in the second half, and like I said, getting the early goal probably didn't help us in terms of moving us up a level. I think it was a case of the fact that we thought that was enough, which was never going to be enough, because in a team like Bromley, I said, no matter what happens, they're going to keep going. And we, should, we don't or can't give them an opportunity to get themselves in the game. So... Uh, the overall picture is in terms of what said to them after the game was that's what happens, that's football, it's fine margins, but ultimately it's come from us more so than them. So on the positive note, the goal that Brandon did score, it was a nice finish and a nice move? No, it was. I mean, and, and Brent's been in a, in a good place the last couple of games from the first half at Coventry last Monday. Done well, second half he didn't, but he responded well at Bristol on Friday and even more so today and even in, in an unfamiliar role from him playing as right wing back. But it's a role where we see it's a way of probably getting him into our first team because um, Bose has had a chat of him in terms of where he could possibly see him playing. So, I mean, for him, it was he started the move by winning the ball back, driving up the pitch and then getting a return pass from Alfie and finishing well. So he's, he's showing the attributes, what he's got. But for myself and the club, we want him to keep doing that on a consistent basis. And obviously, the, the competition as a whole is a chance for the, the lads to play against senior men teams. A lot of them have had their chances now in the checker trade and whatnot as well. Um, Bromley Power, a strong team as well. So that experience of playing a men's team will just hold them in, in good stead as they go forward in their careers. Not when we lose games where we did. That's the thing. And that's what I mentioned after. Is this is the level we're at. We're at a men's level. We're in that under-23s bubble. And that's the reason why I like playing this competition, because it gives us that exposure to men's football rather than playing every week against... Boys of our same, some boys of our same age group. So this competition gives us that experience. But ultimately, the experience they got from today was in terms of when you have teams in a position, no matter if they're 23s or senior players, is that you've got to make sure you you get something from it and you get the rewards. And we didn't. So it's a lesson for them. But if that's the level they want to be playing at, i.e., men's football and trying to get a career in the game, this is a harsh learning curve for them. And finally, you had uh, the new lad who's come over from. Marseille, Wassim, um, playing today. Well, he's joined the academy. What sort of uh, things can Charlton fans expect from him over the years? Well, in terms of what we needed for the age group was someone that could find the back of the net. Obviously, we've had Brandon Hanlon move on. Josh Amir has been in around loan moves. Rico's sort of bouncing in between. And Wilbur and Tariq. So we knew we needed another striker of, of an under-19 age. And Wassim come in before Christmas and we saw what we liked and we thought, yeah, he gives us something different and he's got an eye for goal and I mean, that's his first game in, I think, two months, I think, probably even longer than that, so he knew he was going to tie up, but at least he showed us some glimpses of, of what he's about and it's just a difficult one because he's not, yes, we're in that men's level, but probably the physical side of it probably caught him off guard a little bit, but he showed the glimpses of what we know what he's about and I think he put a good shift in for someone who hasn't played for a long time.
Taylor's got Solly bombing down. He needs to catch up, and he does. And then Lyle Taylor instead clips it towards the back post, and Carlin! That's it! Come on! Carlin Grant has scored! It was a wonderful ball in from Lyle Taylor. It looked like he was going to feed it to Solly, who was going on the overlap. But instead, right-footed, he drifted it in towards the back post. It went over the head of all of the Doncaster players. And there was Carlin Grant on the edge of the six-yard box, unmarked. Welcome back, this is Charlton Live, the big match preview coming to you live on Maritime Radio or of course via the podcast after the event. Looking ahead to Saturday's game with Accrington Stanley uh, in a few moments time. We've got a couple of tweets that come in as well that we'll, uh, we'll discuss in a, in a bit. Now of course Saturday, uh, the day the game uh, has been dedicated to the Charlton Athletic Community Trust's uh, Street Violence Ruins Lives uh, campaign. Obviously it's uh, something that's been running for a few years now down at the Valley and with everything that's been in the news, as I'm sure you're aware over the last, well, a couple of years now, unfortunately, um, I think it's quite a good time for, for Charlton to be focusing on this uh, th- th- this particular issue. Something, of course, uh, like we say, the Trust uh, does so much good work in the uh, in the community, and this is another part of it. So uh, during the week, I spoke to Paul Robinson uh, from the Community Trust, who will tell us uh, what Saturday's event is all about. Obviously, Saturday's game is dedicated to Street Violence Ruins Lives, SVRL as it's known, as a campaign. And it's also the relaunch of the Street Violence Ruins Lives strategy. You know, it started 11 years ago when CAC joined Sally and Colin Knox in launching SVRL following the tragic death of Robin Sidcup in 2008. You know, CAC has a proud history of delivering programmes to reduce violence within communities, communities it serves for nearly 11 years. You know, it's chaired by Sally. You know, it's, um, you know, Sally and I have done some work over the past eight years, not only locally in rural borough Greenwich, but Bexley through down into Fannet. But namely, you know, Sally and I came together to work on a programme running weapons awareness courses and working with young people who are hard to engage with and hard to, and are, you know, had lost their way a little bit. And namely, you know, we worked in many schools and worked in pupil referral units with those hard to reach young people. And, you know, it's, you know, Sally working as a life coach and, you know, and the, you know, the investment of what Charlton Athletic Community Trust put in, you know, we've put in trained mentors in and working with those guys. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a relaunch and it's come at a fantastic time uh, where we've just... Where we've just got uh, funding for the mayor for the mayor of London's with Young Londoners Fund for the delivery of the Connect project is what it's going to be called, and the key partners is the Royal Borough Greenwich and the Peabody Trust, and you know, and also the trustees of the Child Community Trust have also you know put in a, a, a quite substantial amount of money to continue to work as well. So, you know, trained mentors, you know, I've been working with over you know last year alone through Royal Borough Greenwich, Bexley, and Fannet. You know, we've we've engaged with over two hundred and fifty young people with mentoring, mm. and um, obviously it's an issue that's been in the news a lot at the moment as well. So I guess that the timing for the relaunch, um, is appropriate as you say. Now, so so what's that? What exactly is planned for Saturday? Well, Saturday, Saturday we've got we've got uh, we've got we've got several events going on. It's kids for a quid day. It's, it's, it's fantastic. So you know, hopefully we'll have lots of young people at, at the game as well. Um, but the you know first part what the fans are going to see is you know we've got trained mentors on hand that are going to be downstairs. Uh, they're going to be on on the on the uh, I'm not sure where they're on the concourse, but they'll be they'll be outside. We've got the health fan there, and there'll be trained mentors. You know, engaging the work and speaking to young people and to and to family members. If there's any family members that you know have got have got issues or have got not issues but have got um, have got you know some some concerns, you know there's some mentors there that they can go and engage with and talk to privately. Uh, you know they can go and speak to those guys there, and also you know I know that, uh, the youth the youth side they're, they're they're putting on some boxing. There was there's some there's a boxing ring going to be there. Uh, there'll be lots of there'll be lots of engagement from our youth service where youth workers are going to be there engaging, talking about how we work within the youth hubs locally. And then upstairs there's going to be uh, there's there's an event taking place where 50, 50 uh, 
50 strategic partners are coming in and we're speaking and relaunching our strategy. Uh, so upstairs there. And then half-time, the players, both Accurate and Stanley and Charlton, of course, will be wearing shirts with uh, Street Violence Ruins lights prior to the game. Uh, at half-time, we'll be writing a pledge uh, stating for the next three years on the work we'll be delivering on the mentoring side through Royal Borough, Greenwich and Bexley, you know, and then down into Fanny again. Mm. Of course, um, yeah, the, the trust do so much for the 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 young the the youth within the local community, which the fans um have always been really proud of to see their club represented in that way. I mean, is there a way that the fans themselves can can get involved or can try and help to support the trust? For sure, yeah, for sure, you know, and you know they always do, they always do, and like quite rightly so, you know, we, we engage with the fans as much much as we possibly can. And if if there's any mentors out there, you know, what well, I would like to see if there's any if there's anybody who you know a, a mentors yourself, I would like to get involved or would like to get you know, please get in touch, please get in touch. You know, speak to one of the mentors who, who are out there. Uh, you know, the, the, we've had two thousand five hundred uh, copies of the strategy that's going to be handed out. Uh, contact details are on there. Please, you know, come forward and have a chat with us. You know, all hands on deck on this one. You know, we, you know, get get involved, get involved. That's what I can say. Paul Robinson there from the uh, China Athletic Community Trust, and uh, as we say, it's such a, a an important issue at this moment in time. And uh, he invited there uh, if anyone wants to help out. I mean, you're more than welcome to. But you know, it's great to see the the, the club doing such good work uh, in the local area on that subject. Now, of course, uh, that day is Saturday, and we're playing Accrington Stanley uh, at home. Uh, it's uh, looking forward to the game, actually. Charlton obviously on a good run of form. We're going to hear from Dan uh, Jewell from um, uh, BBC Radio Lanks in a second. He'll tell us all about Aki. But we had a couple of tweets that come in that I wanted to, uh, to to read as well to get, to get everyone in the mood for the game. Vital Charlton said, loving the vibes at the moment. Everything is just going fantastic around the club now. I feel like we're in, we are in a position where we can win the league. And I hope you're right, Vital Charlton. I did say on, on last Sunday show, this is the first time I've started to feel like we can get into that top two. It's just... If everything could just nicely click into space. Now, Ev says, uh, Ev James, our search towards victory, I can answer in one word, it is victory. Victory at all costs, victory in spite of all terror, victory. However long and hard the road may be, for without victory, there is no survival. Let that be a realised, no survival for Charlton Athletic. No survival that that Charlton Athletic has stood for. No survival for the urgent impulse of the ages. That mankind will move forward towards its goal. But I take up my task with buoyancy and hope. I feel sure that our cause will not... Yeah, be suffered to fail amongst men, excuse me, uh, at the time I feel entitled to claim. <laughs> at this time... At this time, I feel entitled to claim the aid of all, and I will say, "Come on, then, let's go forward together with our united strength." If I, if James said he's really, oh god, that's never happened on the show. <laughs> I don't even understand what was so funny. It was just so it was so uplifting. I got carried away there. It's like Sorry, some sort of Braveheart speech. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Ev, Ev is clearly in the spirit, and uh, we love that. Thanks, Ev, for that. Right, let's have a, a look ahead to Saturday's game with Quinton Stanley. Uh, I spoke to, as I said, Dan Jewell from BBC Radio Lancashire. Says it's been a very impressive year uh, for Accrington in their first year in uh, League One. Well, I think it speaks volumes that there's been a bit of frustration and a bit of disappointment at being mid-table in League One in, in that first season. That's probably down to how well they started. They were up there among the promotion and playoff contenders in the in the early weeks and months of the season. And inevitably, there have been some tough times. December was a difficult month. They didn't get the results that perhaps their performances deserved. That's certainly something that the manager, John Coleman, thought was the case. And January so far has been tricky as well, mostly because... They've been shorn of a few of their players who were on loan deals and have been recalled or sold on elsewhere by their parent clubs. But generally, I think it'll be viewed as a success so far because the improvements continue off the field as well. There's a lot more infrastructure being put in place and they're a very competitive League One side. And I think it speaks volumes that they aren't in the mix and they aren't being discussed as being in the mix 
at the bottom end of the table and, and you know under threat and looking at potentially a return to League Two. Yeah, they certainly seem to take um, League One by almost surprise, perhaps at the start of the season. I remember when when Charlton came up to the Crown Ground earlier on in in the campaign. Um, I felt, well, I think Lee Bayer probably felt we we might have been lucky to have come away with a point after a bit of a difficult second half. Yeah, despite the changes of personnel that came inevitably over the summer, they, they were able to hit the ground running at the start of the season, and, and I think Charlton will have seen that uh, early on. Not a lot's changed in terms of the way that Accrington play, in terms of the way that they approach the games. They just haven't really been getting the results. I, I saw a statistic today that said that they were something like second or third in the in the list of chances created in League One this season, and yet their goal scoring has not been prolific. So I, I guess that's one area where problems or perhaps improvements can be made. Billy Key, everybody I think in the lower divisions knows about. He isn't a prolific goal scorer, but he does score a lot of goals. He's been in need of some support, and of late... It's only been him that has been available in the squad as a sort of senior centre-forward because of the lone players going back that I mentioned. So what John Coleman will be pretty happy with, I think, and I'll be speaking to him this week before going down to the Valley and before he prepares his team to go down there, I think he'll be saying that he's quite happy that there's room for improvement and that things can get better and there are things that they can work on. Of course, he's been frustrated at not getting one or two results when he felt like they, they deserved a little bit more, but I think he'll also feel that it won't take too much for them to be back in contention higher up the table. So how are the fans feeling? Because obviously, as we mentioned, this is the, the team at the highest they've ever been as, as a club. But after that great start, just tailing off, I mean, are, are they still pretty contented with how things are going? Yeah, I, I think if you were to say to Accrington Stanley supporters of any kind of vintage that they would be mid-table in League One, even 18 months ago, then they would have absolutely bitten your hand off. I think inevitably there's a proportion of supporters who have started coming to the club more recently who perhaps will be a little bit frustrated at not seeing a team that wins every week and those that got used last season to having a terrific home record and winning more than they lose. But the vast majority, you can't say a bad word against John Coleman in front of, they'll defend him to the hilt and they'll defend the club to the hilt and they're enjoying the ride. It it sounds like a cliche and it's difficult because the manager is so openly and so aggressively saying we're not here to make up the numbers. This isn't a trip that we're going on. We want to compete. We want to contend and we want to keep climbing the division. But for a lot of the supporters, I think they are probably still pinching themselves at being in that position. And although they'll hear what the manager's saying and agree with it to an extent, will think, well, it could be a lot worse. We could be in the conference as Accrington were 13, 14 years ago or even lower down the pyramid as they were kind of within living memory. Now tell us about Andy Holt, the owner of the club, because um, he's actually coming down to meet a few Charlton fans before the uh, the game on Saturday. I don't know if you're aware, he's meeting with the Charlton Supporters Trust. I mean, obviously he's quite a an outspoken character, but he seems very well respected with uh, within the game. Yeah, the, the greatest tribute that can be paid to Andy Holt is he's just a pretty normal fella. And in a world uh, which is football where things are just crazy and insular and there are, quotes big characters knocking around. He's pretty unassuming. You wouldn't particularly know that he was the owner and chairman of the club if you saw him around the place in his flat cap and just, you know, enjoying the football. He is a pretty pragmatic guy. He's very successful in business and you don't get to be successful in business by being a mug. So he he knows what he's doing. He's, He's taken difficult decisions. He has decided not to invest vast amounts of money on the on the pitch, on the players, on the squad, stuff like that. He has certainly made investments on that front, but not large amounts, and he's concentrated more on the infrastructure things I mentioned earlier. I mean, should Charlton fans come back next season, having been this year, they'll see a new stand on the far side and new car parks and new concourses and new facilities throughout the ground, all of which have been paid for by Andy Holt or by successes that Accrington have had since he's been at the club, i.e., winning the league last year and selling a couple of players on for big money. Mm. Now, looking ahead to Saturday's game um, down at the Valley, who are the key men that Charlton supporters should be wary of in the Accrington team? Well, it's, it's an interesting one because there's, to a degree, a rebuilding of the squad going on. That They lost uh, the spine of the team, basically. The goalkeeper, Connor Ripley, has been recalled by Middlesbrough and sold to Preston. Michael Ahekwe, who was on loan from Rotherham centre-half, has, has gone back to his parent club. All of the loan centre-forwards have gone back. But there's still a core of players there who have been 
part of the League Two title winning side and have been part of the success this season. We've talked about Billy Key already, who's the focal point of the team. The two players in the wide positions are always really important. Sean McConville on the left-hand side, Jordan Clark on the right-hand side. Different kinds of wide players. McConville's set-piece deliveries cause a lot of problems, but Clark has been the pick this season from what I've seen. He's ambitious, likes to get forward, diminutive, low centre of gravity. With the ball at his feet, he can be a real, uh, he can be a real menace. And this season, he's added goals as well. He's managed to chip in with a few goals from that right side of midfield. A lot of teams have had trouble keeping him quiet, even Ipswich in the FA Cup a couple of weeks ago. And I think those wide players and those wide areas are very important to Accrington Stanley. And just finally, how do you think John Carmen will uh, approach the game on Saturday? Obviously, coming to a Charlton team that are in good form and, and well fancied, will he will he come out to defend? Will he try and sit behind the ball, or will he try and bring the game to the Addicts? Yeah, I don't think either of the first two things will happen. John Coleman is a big advocate of the big atmospheres and the bigger stadium and the clubs with the bigger reputations are the days that he and his players really relish. I think they've gone to a lot of the bigger places in this division and plenty of other divisions and surprised a few people with how aggressively and attackingly they they approach the game. He'll be going there looking to try and win. He'll be going there trying to catch Charlton Cold trying to make a good start and silence the crowd and, and, and make those supporters hostile towards the home team which I'm aware is a footballing cliche but you wouldn't half be surprised how often quotes Little Accrington go away to a bigger team and after about 10-15 minutes the home fans are grumbling because you should be beating teams like Accrington it, it's a bit difficult to know what to expect in terms of performance and result lately from Accrington but the one thing is absolutely for sure they'll try and play some football and they will have a go Dan Jewell there from BBC Radio Lanks, uh, giving us a point of view uh, of Accrington. Um, a bit of a success story this year. I mean, the, the club, um, I, I don't know if it's just me, but it's one of those clubs that everyone sort of has as their sort of a, a second favourite because of the story of where they've come from. Um, Andy Holt, the owner, who, have, of course, you can meet at the Swan Pub on, on Saturday with the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust. Um, obviously, he's quite outspoken. That funny story about him buying the club uh, burgers and stuff, getting in trouble for that after after winning games last season. So, oh, there's just loads of little things about them. Uh, started off so well in their first season in League One, just threatening to tail off, possibly, Nave. Yeah, I think... Um... Goal record isn't great at the moment. No, nah, yeah. So there was they scored one in the last six or something. But uh, me included, I'd, I'd have them in the bottom three at the beginning of the season, and they've they've surprised everyone. And it's interesting that you know they've lost a couple of loan forwards. I think Dan was saying, wouldn't he? But mm. I mean that that might be part of Andy Holt. He might have said, right, let's get safe and then save on the wages. I don't know, but. Yeah, no, they've done tremendously well, and um, obviously the, the the away leg, we were we were lucky to get a point for me, and it's going to be a tricky game, especially Dan said they're good in the wider areas. If we play narrow, that's where they're going to export the space, so we're going to have to be very respectful of them. Um, and I don't think I'll ever see a team like Wimbledon sitting behind the balls like they did. So it's going to be a tricky game on Saturday, I think. Yeah, one to uh, look forward to. Then, as I mentioned there, um, you can see you can go and uh, have a Q and A with Andy Holt the owner of Accrington Stanley. Um, he's always very vocal about ownership of the club, of clubs. So uh, it'd be quite interesting to see how he views the ownership of Charlton, of course. Uh, I think that's why the, uh, the Supporters Trust have invited him down. Um, make sure you look at the Supporters Trust Twitter and website so you can find out how to get a ticket for that event. I'm going to pop up as well, actually. I'm hoping to speak to uh, Andy Holt as well. We've got Heather McKinley uh, from the Supporters Trust. She's going to come in on Sunday and let's uh, chat to us about the event as well. So make sure you get involved with that. Go and find out how you can uh, see Andy Holt from Accrington Stanley. Right, uh, of course, we want to look ahead to it from a Charlton point of view. Lee Boyer, in press day today, uh, was asked, uh, was was effectively told, you know, you can't really underestimate uh, Accrington Stanley just because they're a, a smaller club within this division. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Um, he's done good, very well, with, with their resources that they've got down there. Um, it's, it's going to be another physical game, tough physical game. I watched the game back when we played them up there, and and it was tough, you know. We, I think there was every time we went past someone, they they, they just brought us down. There was a lot, a lot of fouls committed. Um, so it's going to be physical, and, and we have to be ready for that, and we have to match that. And then, like I say every week, like we if we have to do the right things, and and we have to compete first, and and then we have to do what we're good at and, and move the ball quickly and and create chances. So, again, if, if we're on it and, and 
our attitude's right, then again it's another game that I expect to win. Like, I expect us to win every game, and that's just the way I am. I'm just the standards are high, and, and we're in the, the position where we are because we're doing well, you know, and, and we're doing the, the right things at the right times. A week ago, you predicted that Josh Cullen could soon return from injury. How close is he now? Yeah, Josh will be in the squad on Saturday. Uh, he's looking, he's looking good in training. He's looking sharp. Obviously, matches is is obviously lacked, but looks very good in training. So he he'd be in and amongst the squad on uh, Saturday. So he's another one back, and. Um, Ben Reeves is back training as well now, so to have the pair of them back is uh, is good. It's good. I've got a headache now of who to play and who to take in the squad, and but I'd rather that than where we was a month ago because we was down to bare bones. But slowly but surely we're we're starting to get stronger again and and get people back. Did you ever think you would have that headache? No, not not a month ago because it was. We was just losing player after player, and uh, and and like I said, I felt for the lads because we just couldn't change it and we couldn't mix it up and freshen things up. And but now, now we're just playing Saturdays, Saturdays, so they're all going to get the rest anyway. So, um, but I know I'd much rather be in this situation than I was a month ago. And what about your captain, Jason Pierce? Is he any nearer? No, no, he's um, he's just come out of the boot today. So he's he's been in the boot and uh, physio sand is is settled down well. Um, so yeah, he he's he's not close yet. Maybe don't know a time frame, but he, he won't be available for for a little while. I don't think. The team produced a superb performance at Shrewsbury uh, last weekend. More of the same on Saturday. Yeah, because it, it'd be a similar game. It'd be a physical game, like I said, and. Uh, I think what we've done is we we moved the ball well on the, on Saturday, especially second half. I think we was very good, very professional, and um, we we created a lot of chances. And uh, hopefully we can do the same again Saturday. The level of the performance is quite outstanding. I mean, uh, you must be highly satisfied with that. Yeah, it was it was very good. But like, like I've I've said a, a million times, I, I see that every day in training that level. And uh, that's not just in possession; that's out of possession. The, the way we we press and, and win the ball back, that that's part of the game. And uh, and I think we we ticked all the boxes on Saturday. We was very good out of possession and um, and very good in possession. And when we're like that, then we're a very uh, we're a difficult side to beat. Lee Bowyer, they're looking ahead to Saturday's home game with Accrington Stanley here at the Valley. And uh, I mean, a selection headache. Can't believe we've, I can't remember the last time I said that. Uh, but one is brewing in uh, Lee Bowyer's cranium, Tom. Mm, yeah, first time he's had that, I think, since he's been in charge. As you said, feels like the first time in years that we've had that. But we were just saying off air there, trying to pick our midfield when it's fully fit. And it's, it's not an easy decision to make because we've got about eight or nine legitimately fighting for four places um, which is exciting you know that's what we need and there are going to be more injuries whether we like it or not um, so it's good to have that rotation and also with the the experimentation of the, the wing backs or the diamond we've got options as well so there's going to be players that suit those different a player, styles a player of the quality of Josh Cullen coming back I mean what a massive addition that is when you consider you know Johnny Williams has come in uh, mm. Ben the Cat Purrington to shore us up a bit in defence as well I mean that's why I'm saying, I'm saying things actually feel like they're starting to click now I don't I can't think of a midfield that's anywhere near us in this league like I know you look at some of the teams like Sunderland and they've got the odd player but I think in terms of overall quality across that midfield I mean Bielik looks like he will be like tailor-made Premier League player in a few years time you've got Williams who can definitely play above this level even Morgan and Lapsley who are only our youth players are looking to play so much above the level I expected Fosu okay hasn't shown it this year but you know what he can do Cullen like you say coming back there's just so many options there, and that's without mentioning the likes of Marshall and Prattley as well. There's just Rebo, yeah, Rebo, yeah, um, Fosu. There's Mad. just there's so many, and Clark obviously as well. So there's I, I know midfield's not everything, but there's just so much talent in there, mm. and it, it's not an easy decision to make. Yeah, I mean, so 
I think I mean, he tried. He tried the experiment with the with the five with the three five two, which I called it. Although three at the back, basically last week with wing backs. Now he changed that quite quickly in that first half. But you know, with with what what we know about Accrington perhaps playing with, maybe he'll try that again. Or will he stick with the diamond? And if he does, I mean, it's still so many different players to try and choose from in that diamond. I'd be surprised if Cullen starts, judging from what Lee Bayer said. You'd expect maybe a go with the same side as last week. Yeah, you'd imagine so, and I think, I mean, if their if their their strengths are going to be down the flanks, then what you're going to try and need to do is get your fullbacks or your wingbacks, whichever one, and push them further backwards, um, which you might exploit space behind them. But um, we are at home, and I think we need to try and gain advantage. But I like the three-five-two. It doesn't have to be the three-five-two. You could do the four diamond. But when the two wing-backs bomb on, if we do lose the ball, Billick can drop back and it becomes a free. So I just think we really, the, the players we've got, we're quite flexible in those two formations. Mm. I mean, someone called it a 3-4-1-2 last yeah. weekend, which is, yeah, another way of saying 3-5-2 in a way with obviously... Yeah. Williams in this case slightly more advanced and behind a striker but yeah it, it, there's a lot of options there I mean that I don't think we're going anyone's going to question the goalkeeper at this ba- at this stage because nope. Dylan played really well last week so the defense pretty much picks itself unfortunately with the injuries we have it's just the the shape of it whether Billick will be in that defense or in that midfield obviously the strikers are, there's no question there so that is the only headache we've got is in that midfield but you know it'd be interesting to see which way Bowyer lands with that um with our form at the moment and with Accrington just tailing off slightly you'd hope that this will be a, a home win but you never know I mean uh, have you thought about a Jacko's jackpot yet Nathan should have asked you this before really no I haven't no, actually, so we'll no. think about that off air yeah. but let's have a prediction from both of you for the uh, for the game Tom 4-0 4-0 to the, the, the Charlton boys yep. excellent stuff Nathan I'm going to go for a 3-0 3-0. Excellent. Well, hopefully we will be uh, packing in those goals. and We said this away game. We yeah. said, I said this. I said 5-0 for the away yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, at Quinton Stanley. Never heard of them. We should beat them 12-0. Excellent. Of course. Well, that's not how it works, unfortunately. No. Right. Uh, we have run out of time on this week's uh, Big Match Preview. Thank you for joining us here on Maritime Radio. Tom and Nay, thanks for coming in. Cheers, Much love. Man. Good to see you both. I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, uh, you can meet Andy Holt on uh, Saturday. Contract the uh, Supporters Trust to find out how. Uh, that'll be an interesting discussion. Uh, don't forget to Tune in on Sunday evening as we look back at whatever happens against Accrington Stanley. Uh, hopefully it'll be three points for those Charlton boys. Right, thanks for listening this evening. Hope you've enjoyed it and we shall see you on Sunday evening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.